I'm Jesse Parker. And I'm Tommy Niblack. Jesse and I are super excited to share with you episode 15 of The, the Faith, Faith Chair. Where we ask questions that arise at the intersection of faith and culture. And on today's episode, Jesse and I are joined by our friend, Cal Samuelson, as we talk about what worship really is. I hope you're ready. Let's get into it. Yo, we are here. It is Friday. You know what time it is. Faith chair time. I got my boy, Apostle Jesse, minister. Different title. Uh, <laughs> minister to the nations. Uh, Jesse Parker. I'm the embodiment of the Bible ministry. Embodiment. And our new brother prophetess, Cal. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. That was rude. The prophetess. The most prophetic. That's right. Prophetist. Cal. What's your last name, y'all? Samuelson. Samuelson. Is, is your Cal short for? Callum. Callum. Callum Samuelson. That is very English. It is. That is super English. <laughs> that you didn't grow up. No, in, no, 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 I didn't. But you used to live there. Yeah. You used to live in England or where, where is it? Yeah, in Cambridge. In Cambridge. There are cops doing some lady. I was after a kid. She's like Finnegan. I was like, they don't use Finnegan. Irish. No, oh, that'd be nice. Finnegan. I don't know. I feel it. My wife makes me feel. Funny, like I feel comedic whenever she's around. <laughs> I don't know why. Now that she's gone, seriousness has been. That's what she responds to. That's like overshadowing. That's, that's the feathers coming out. That's how you're about to see something if you've not watched this before that might uh, throw you off about Jesse. What? You, I have to put Barrett. He does a little bit. Really? And, and, he, and he puts me on Facebook Live with this. <laughs> Just, it's all right. I have to get his long. This is my thorn in the. Keep me humble. All right. Yeah, that's the. Uh, yeah. Not everybody gets to see me looking. Not everybody gets to see this. <laughs> this is special. So today, we're we're going to be talking about worship, what it really is, and do we really understand it? Are we appropriating it? Correctly, based on our understanding, and uh, I like to say the way we think about something is the way we talk about it. The way we talk about it is the way we live it. And if we're not thinking about it correctly, we're going to talk about it wrong. If we're talking about it wrong, we're going to do it wrong. Um, and I think worship is one of those things that we don't have a correct understanding, a proper understanding about. And um, I'm so grateful that Jesse uh, brought it up. He was like, "Yo, I think we should talk about this." I was like, "Yo." I think we should get Cal. Because <laughs> yes. he and I had an amazing conversation about this the other day. I was, was going to have Jay come, but then we didn't know Cal was coming until this morning. I'm sorry. My wife sorry. needs a little I, bit I was late. My wife needs a little bit more notice to get ready. So, <laughs> so she was like, Cal will be fine. Cal can do it. You guys don't need me. Probably can represent for the non white folks. And <laughs> I was like, I would have loved to have a woman too. Oh my gosh. You know, it is what it is. You always do part two. Yeah. We can do part two, yeah. Or Jen could chime in on uh on the live. She might actually be watching. But I mean this this question has been kind of ruminating in my spirit for a while now. Yeah. Just as, you know, I was studying scripture and just 
and, and I, I love worship in terms of like music worship because like I've always loved to worship in that style. I got, I got, I had like my first real experience with God in the midst of like worship at, at a camp when I was 15 years old and, uh, you know, was slain in the spirit before I even knew what that was and had an experience with God that was kind of my, that was my anchor point for my faith even though I'd grown up in church and, yeah. you know. I, I don't really even like saying technically saved anymore because like I said the sinner's prayer at seven, but I don't consider myself <laughs> to have gotten saved until that that kind of experience when I was 15 and really gave my life to God. Yeah. But I've, I've, as I've continued to study scripture, I've been struck by the absence <laughs> of any real references or examples or even moments of musical song worship. Um, the way we see it. Yeah, the way especially, yeah, especially in the New Testament, right? Like, we don't, we don't, like, Jesus goes away to pray and he fasts, but we don't see anything where, like, him and the disciples get together with a guitar. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> by Sea of Galilee. Yeah, by Sea of Galilee and sing songs Peter, go get that hollowed out log. There's very little in the epistles and stuff of it, you know, giving any kind of instruction. There's some in stuff in Colossians, right? It's hymns and spiritual songs. Yeah, so yeah, there's like a couple of references. Yeah. But, but then the question in my heart has always been, yeah, it's definitely there. Yeah, yeah. But we but we have made it such a prominent uh, section of, I mean... The focal point, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, in a lot of respects, it is the focal point. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Most service, I mean, even our church, our church service is about an hour and 15 minutes. Right. At least 25 minutes of that is dedicated to music. So yeah, at least difficult. a third of a Sunday. Yeah. Um, and we came out of a church where it was even, you know, it was more than that. Uh, there were times when all we would do was worship that? for two, three hours. So um, just that question of, like, what really is worship and and are we missing it with how prominent we made the musical aspect of worship yeah. in our culture? And, and why is that? Mm. Um, are just some of the questions that were kind of rolling around in my head when we thought about talking about this. Yeah. And just for the record, you used to lead. I still do lead worship. You still lead worship. Yeah. And I am currently yeah. Yeah. a worship pastor. So this and I'm married no, to a worship pastor. And he's married to a worship pastor. So this is by no means us saying, let's do away with the music portion of our gatherings. I think what you said was perfect. Like, have we placed undue, an undue amount of importance on it? Yeah. Have we made it the showbread, so to speak? Yeah. Um, what, what, could you share what you were, what you were sharing with me and, and some of your other thoughts? I, I can't remember exactly what we were talking about, but we were, we were looking at the worship of worship, right? Yeah. The kind of obsession mm. with the event. That's kind of good. That's um, a book title right there. Obsession with the event. For, for me, uh, I want to kind of throw in the idea of glory. I think that's really important, and I think that that's part of the reason why people get caught up. I mean, as humans, right, we're always um, prone to f worship something that's not quite God, worship yeah. something that looks really shiny or really awesome or feels almost like it's God, but mm -hmm. it's, not, it's not God, God, right? The golden calf. Yeah, yeah, the golden calf. So, so Old Testament, right, we have the glory of God that's Shekinah, that's that's a thick kind of tangible presence. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. The second temple is rebuilt 
and in the book of Ezra it tells us the old people are crying because they knew it wasn't as good as the old as one. As the and, first one, yeah. And uh, in between the Old Testament and the New Testament, there's a lot of writing where people talk about the glory never came back in the same way to the temple. Jesus comes on the scene, he goes to the temple, he talks about the temple being destroyed, rebuilt in three days, we understand that he's in the temple, sends the Holy Spirit. The New Testament tells us that the Holy Spirit makes its home in our hearts, right? So there's these interesting words. I and mean, in my favorite, we were talking about transfiguration last night, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So this is really cool too, because Peter, James, John up on the mountain, um, there's the mountain in the Old Testament, Mount Sinai, where there's the thick presence of God, mm-hmm. whose glory is felt by Moses. And um, that idea, that that dwelling, that dwelling is the is the tabernacle of his tent. John one says the word dwelt among us, set up a tent. And then I think it's Peter says, Hey, God or Jesus, let me make some tents for you guys. Let, mm-hmm. me, let me put a box around you, almost yeah. literally, because I want to just hang out here. Parking back to. Yeah, Old Testament, harking back to the Old Testament. So, so this is this is an idea I was thinking about when I was coming over here. The Holy Spirit makes uh, its home in our hearts; it mm-hmm. dwells in our hearts, right? And I think that there's always a risk in worship of idolatry because the God uses us people as His vessels, as His instruments. Mm-hmm. We are filled with the glory. Christ in us, the hope of glory, yeah. you see? Yeah. So we have this something about us inside of us is glorious. And if people see that, they don't understand. Yeah. Or if they're not focusing on worshiping in spirit and truth, they get distracted or they start focusing on the person yeah. who has the Holy Spirit inside them because they're experiencing something that's glorious. They're, they're getting a taste of something, but it's like their sights are set too too low, not high enough. So that's kind of the stuff I just bounce around in my head. Yeah, and I, I, was, I was teaching on kind of an idea uh, akin to that during our Christmas series. Um, you know, we're looking at Luke chapter 2, and uh, we kind of wrapped up the series looking at, like, why why was the angel's proclamation, like, why did the Lord send this angel to proclaim to these shepherds? And what was it that made it so impactful to them where without being commanded to, they were like, let's go find this baby and, and let's, let's worship him. And then it wraps up in chapter two saying, and then they told everyone about yeah. it and everyone was astonished. And I was, and, and I was like, well, what if, if it let's, let's just say God appeared in a dream to a shepherd. So let's, let's take the angel out of the equation and say that since another shepherd came up and then told us this news, like, do you think that their reaction would have been the same? Or like, dude, you've been hanging out with the sheep too long. Right, right. And, and in Luke chapter two, it describes the angel as coming with the, the glory of the Lord, the, yeah. the radiance of God's glory. Yeah. And tied that together with Exodus where, where Moses spends this time in God's presence come down and is glowing. Right. And the people can see that and just recognizing that like the power of our testimony and yeah. our preaching of the gospel to the world right. isn't in the words. Mm-hmm. It's if we spent time with God so that there's something yeah. that's radiating yeah, the yeah. Holy Spirit in us. And, and it's the other thing is that God is light. Jesus says he is the light of the world. And he tells the disciples, you are the light of the world. You are the salt yeah. of the earth. So there's something about worship. I was saying earlier, we humans 
are drawn to shiny stuff. Well, mm-hmm. there's something that happens in worship that's that's shiny because yeah. God's light, glory is connected with this idea of light. In heaven, there's not going to be any sun or any night because the glory of God is going to illuminate the, right. the city of the new Jerusalem. Right. So there's something really attractive and winsome about worship. But then here's the other idea is that the temple was in the Old Te- Testament um, and the New Testament. It was was stationary. Yep. People had to go to the temple, right. right? But now Jesus is saying, look, go out. Um, you have the spirit within you. This uh, Disciples gather in Jerusalem, wait for the power of the Holy Spirit. Right. In the New Testament, Jesus adds to that light. You are now the salt of the earth. Yeah. So light can be seen from a distance, but salt, in order to make it to do its work, has to be has to make contact, right? Yeah. Whether you're talking about the taste, salt is a flavor, it's a preservative, or it's healing, mm-hmm. it always has to come into contact with something. So Jesus says, yeah, you're still the light, you're still shining, yeah. but now you have to go out and you have to touch those people. Mm-hmm. And my favorite bit, after the transfiguration, Jesus says, no, nah, no, nah, we're not going to hang out here forever. You've got to go down from the mountain, and right after they get down from the mountain, is where they encounter the demon-possessed mm-hmm. guy, and it gets real all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. So, and that's the same, the same thing. And I love that you said that because I, I was actually going there. Mm. Same picture with Moses on the mountain, right? Don't stay here. Go back. Yep. As soon as he got back, he had to encounter a people. The Look, we, we have that yeah. glory. We have that shine. We yeah. have that. We have that so that when we get when we go back into the world where Jesus. Jesus died for the people that live in the world, not the people that go to the temple. He died for those people, and he wants us to be his hands and feet. Yeah. For them, we can't do that if we're constantly looking for or striving to stay in what we think yeah. is his presence mm-hmm. or the holy, of holy, when you just said it. He desires, Paul told us, he desires to make his temple within us. Yeah. He lives within us now, so because he's with us, we can go everywhere, anywhere, and he's still there. So the, the, the problem is we forget that we have that glory. Yeah. For to, we have that glory so that we can be shining in places where there is yeah. where there's darkness. And I, I love that. Both both times they were up in the mountain and God said, No, go back down. Yeah. Because I need you to be light. For them, I need you to encounter people so that they can encounter me. And um, uh, I think we, and I, I can't remember where I, I did a video and I was talking about how we crave the experience more than, more than we crave being used by God. Yeah. And we use the, the, our time together on Sundays, whenever we gather on Wednesdays, as the playing field. Jesus said the harvest is right, but the labors, if you pray, that the Lord of the harvest sends laborers yeah, yeah. to go and gather. We can't do that if we stay in church. Mm-hmm. Right. We can't do that if we stay crying and walking around, uh, banging our heads against the wall, rolling on the floor, whatever we do now. And um, I just thought of in these meetings. I just thought of another. I haven't made this connection exactly like this before, but in John chapter four, which is my favorite passage for thinking about worship, 
Jesus talking to the woman at the well, and they're arguing Come about on. where is the right place to where worship. Where is the temple? That's right. And Jesus said, no, 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 there's coming a time when true worshipers are going to worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Mm-hmm. And his point is, it's not about worshiping up on this mountain in the temple in Jerusalem. Or what or, temple? Or, or, yeah, or what temple right. you're at. That's right. So it's not so much about the place. It's about the people worshiping in spirit mm-hmm. and in truth. And for me, that that I think we've touched on this before, that, that kind of sets up a really important um, kind of tension or, or kind of bookends to think about what what would it look like to lean too much in worshiping in spirit or what would it lean, look like to be too much obsessed with worshiping in truth? Mm-hmm. And I think that both of them, we have to always, they're correctives, right? Because some people naturally err or lean towards one side and some people lean towards the other. It's the, it's the if you will, the classic... Uh dichotomy that we see elsewhere in scripture of Greek versus Jew, right? Yeah, yeah. Right, we're, we're doing a study in Corinthians right now. It's like, you know, the, the Greeks want reason and the Jews yeah. want signs. So it's like, you know, you have, yeah, you have certain groups that are going to tend to want the supernatural, miracle, you know, uh, mm-hmm. signs and wonders and all of that, the spirit side of things, if you will. And, and then you're going to want people who want the, the yeah. rational, the truth, the, um, you know, and you see that expressed in worship too. You got like you got people who want songs a certain way. Yeah. You know, uh, the old hymns that had all the theology in them and <laughs> words that people don't even understand. Yeah. Ebenezer, that's a great, that's a great word. The, uh, the message translation translates that verse in "Come to me with your real self." Yeah. Mm-hmm. With your real self and. Um, that's the picture of what was happening right in front of Jesus. This woman was talking to Jesus. Right. To Jesus. And she was still hiding. She would rather, I heard it explained this way uh, once, she would rather talk about religion than about who, than about her current situation and what it was truthfully. Jesus had to stop the whole thing and say, yeah, but you told me you were married, but you really aren't. Matter of fact, you've been with five guys, four guys. The one you're with now is not even your husband. Let's talk about that. And after that, then he says, there's coming a time where those people that are coming to worship me are going to be real. Yeah. They're, they're going to stop hiding. Yeah. They're gonna, not with, God already knows our hearts, right? We don't know. I don't know your heart. You don't know mine. Yet We don't we have to be real with each other. Yeah. I think it's got to, that's, that's one of the reasons why, um, <clears throat> is it James or Peter? Confess your fault, James. Confess James. your fault one to another. Yeah. Why? So that you may be healed. Yeah. Pray for each other so you can find healing, but we don't want to do that. We want to hide. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why there is, I think that's why it's grown. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong or if you guys, definitely if you guys have thoughts about this, why it's grown the, the lust, for lack of a better word, <laughs> for that experience. Because we'd rather sing to God than obey God. Mm-hmm. We'd rather sing to him than do any of the hard stuff that actually requires the Holy Spirit for us to live for him. If we, yeah, if we distill praise and worship down to the 25 minutes on Sunday when we sing songs, yeah. then it, it's, it, it again, it becomes a servant of that attitude of like, I'm putting in my required effort and service to God on Sunday mm-hmm. and, and, and I'm no longer, and 
have no more requirements on me beyond Sunday. Beyond that. Right? And it's just like that understanding or that thought process where I, honestly, I think 99 out of 100 Christians have been went to them and said, hey, you know, what is worship? It's going to involve something to do with music or your, or your, uh, your physical expression during worship. Um, during on a, you know Sunday morning with with music and instruments and so we, lights and all that kind of right. stuff, and they're not. It's not going to be a conversation about like your lifestyle right. the week of thankfulness of giving glory to God. Um, so we need to define. On, we should have did this on the onset. Yeah. <laughs> the definition. The definition of worship. The Greek. We know what the Webster's dictionary definition is, but the Greek and Hebrew definition of worship. And the way they understood it in the Old Testament and the New Testament means to bow extremely low or lay with your face down to in the ground. That's what worship means. It has the, the Greek definition, Hebrew definition, has nothing to do with singing at all. But it has to do with a physical posture. Yeah. I don't think we can do that uh, at our jobs, <coughs> so to speak. Like, we can't, oh, excuse me, boss, I'm worshiping right now, and then just lay down we on could, the floor. We could if we wanted to. We could if we wanted to. <laughs> the re- I always tell people, I'm like, look, the reason yeah. why schools and, and, and the public atmosphere is making concessions to, uh, to the Muslim population right. and not giving concessions to the Christian population is because they actually do it. They do it. They are actually disciplined, and they actually do it. If, if Christ, as Christians, we were going to say, look, this, this is what we believe. Like, this is what needs to happen in the yeah. morning. We're going to have this time of prayer or whatever. And we were disciplined to the point where we weren't just saying it as rhetoric, and this is a part of our faith. Um, then, then space would be made for it. Yeah. But we don't have that discipline, and it's so, so sporadic. They're like, no, it's not really a part of your faith or religion. We not don't need to make space for that. We don't have that discipline. We don't even have the discipline um, that Jesus required uh, that it not be as much physical as it is a heart posture and a mindset that we stay humble before him, bow low in our, in our hearts, in our mentality. We stay on our faces in our hearts and our mentality so that we can't, that's why he told, that's why he said, I'm leaving the Holy Spirit <coughs> because I want you now to love each other just like I loved you. And you can say it goes even farther than that because Romans 12 is this idea of living sacrifice. Oh my gosh. Yes, and Jesus, worship, yeah. Yeah, Jesus talks about picking up our cross and following him. Paul talks about uh, being crucified as Christ. <laughs> yeah. Paul talks we, we had a cool, uh, I think that came up in our conversation when we had lunch, just talking about how I, I recently, I mean, it's not new for everybody, but I recently had this, as I'm continuing to press into studying the word and, and tearing down or building up some of the things I was just taught as a child, this understanding of taking up your cross, mm-hmm. is this idea of like carrying uh, this, this burden upon ourselves as these suffering people. But when we think about the cross, there's suffering there, but Jesus wasn't doing it for himself. Right. It wasn't this thorn in the foot of this burden, right. this weight that he was carrying for himself. He was carrying for us. Yeah. And so the cross that God has for each one of us is not for ourselves. There's something that he puts in each one of us that he purposes and plans for each one of us that's going to cost us something. And especially but it's for other people. Yeah. And to just add on to that, right? 
or, or put another angle on it, Jesus was the sinless one. His cross wasn't for his sin, yeah. right? And I think that in Thank you. we should, like we talk about, uh, you know, we don't bear, we don't carry the burdens for our sins. We don't have to deal with our own demons. We give that up to God so that we can um, bear the burdens of others, like it says yeah. in Galatians 6, right? And I think that's really, so yeah, I mean, to, to circle back around to worship, we did kind of wait a while to get a definition on it, but it's so much more than just music. Music is a part of it. So then I want to kind of ask or, or flip back to you guys, how should we think about our corporate gathering where we worship God through the reading of the word, through singing songs together, through praying together? How do we, how do we position that corporate um, time together in our week? in relation to the rest of the stuff that we do as Christians that should give glory to God. Um, I, I think that, I think that's the key right there. I think that we we need to make sure that we def- I'm less interested in defining what praise and worship yeah. looks like and more interested in defining what it is for. Right? Yes. And what it is for is glorifying God. Yeah. No questions that, that's yet. The, that's the purpose of Gretchen. We worship and we praise God. Yeah. To give glory to God, and so we have to recognize that there is very there's a very limited value on a Sunday morning surrounded by other believers yeah. glorifying God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where we where glory needs to be given to God so that His name is risen up, so that people desire to yeah. follow Him yeah. is out in the world, mm-hmm. and that's why our praise mm-hmm. and our worship needs to extend beyond the Sunday morning music experience. Yeah. And it's like in, in our youth group, so right in our youth group, we don't even do praise and worship. And part of the purpose for that is that our youth group, from almost from the inception and continuing on, has been primarily made of kids who do not come from faith backgrounds. And and as they're on their journey of discovering God, which that's how we we're not trying to force it or, or force them to believe something, but we believe in giving opportunities and making space for them to find God. Yeah. Is there's no point in making an unbeliever sing a song to God. Yeah. Like they don't understand it. They don't believe in God. They they don't understand like it's just a song. So it's more about how how do we live a life that shows the glory of God to every, to the people around us every day of the week. That's right. That's what praise and worship is really about. And and the focus on the music aspect of it, that's primarily just for believers. Yeah. That's right. We're the ones who understand it. We're the ones who already have it in our heart, you know, to to give God that glory. It means very little to the people outside of the faith. Um, and, and so we have to recognize that it, ha- it has to be for the music. God's been harping on this revelation with me recently at our church. And, and just this last Sunday, he had me kind of speaking out. And uh, he, he speaks to me a lot of times during those times of worship. And this was the, the revelation was this, that worship, the, at least the worship that we do on a Sunday morning is primarily not for God. It's actually for us. We, and the idea was this. Like when us. we sing songs like, you know, you are exalted or yeah, you're yeah, glorious yeah. or, you know, be on the throne, you are the king of glory, all this yeah. kind of stuff. Like, do we imagine that our praise to God changes his position? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, are we able to put him on a higher <laughs> throne than he's already on? And that's a very Greek thing, this yeah. idea that God's oh, yeah. got more power yeah. depending on how totally. many people are worshiping yeah. him. This is crazy because I just preached on this this week. Oh, really? And I was telling the kids in our youth group, uh, I was saying, look, God, I use the analogy of the sun. 
um, which is fitting because God is yeah. right and righteous. I was telling you that verse in Revelation, in the, in the New Jerusalem, there will be no sun because God is in his glory. Yeah. Right? So it's kind of like a day like today in Seattle. We're in Seattle. don't know where y'all are, but gray, right? <laughs> but if you've ever taken a flight up through the clouds and you get past the clouds, yeah. the sun is just as bright as it's always yeah. been. Yeah. And so in the Old Testament, Jesus talks about my making his name great, my glory, so the nations can know. Mm-hmm. And it's making God known to the nations. And when Israel worships God the way they're supposed to, other nations literally look at Israel and say, wow, what an awesome God you must have. That's what it means to give God glory. Or it's like, what was that? Or they sing. Yeah, they were, they, they, that was a fraction of what they were doing. A fraction of what they were doing. But it was by far not the majority of what mm-hmm. they were doing. Yeah, the, the, nations, the nations are not glorifying God because of like our music that right. they hear. They're right. looking at our lives and they're thinking, looking at and, our, and I think our obsession with worship on Sunday morning and how big of a thing it's become in our culture yeah. and how much we exalt and, and, you know, celebrate, you know, worship leaders and teams and churches that produce great music and all this kind of stuff and concerts and conferences and all this kind of stuff, right, is because, again, it's, it's that superficial. Yeah. Whereas what's really going to draw people, what's really going to speak to the nations is what they see in our life. Although it's, it's another part of that that hypocrisy in the church, like oh, we sing yeah. Sabbath and we glorify God on Sunday, but we don't do that on Monday through Saturday. Let me let me push life. back a little bit. I'm totally in agreement with you, but there's another way that we can look at it. What if our music? If it's not glorifying God to people outside the church right now, what if we take that as a challenge to make our music? Glorify more glorifying to God to people who are outside the church because there, a few hundred years ago, music that Christians were producing was literally glorifying to God. Johann Sebastian Bach used to write on every single one of his pieces of music, Soli Deo Gloria, which meant mm-hmm. only for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. And his music is known around the world to millions and millions of people as some of the best music ever composed. Yeah. And he was doing it for the glory of God. So maybe our church music should think more about what it would mean to make God's name great for people outside the church walls rather than how do I satisfy the people who are sitting here by basically painting right. inside the lines right. yeah. or or just playing it safe. I mean, there's always a, you know, a give and take there, but I think it's possible for our, you know, in, um, uh, where is it? Paul says, whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, right. do it for the glory of God. Glory of God. So we certainly can make music for the glory of God. Yeah, yeah. I uh, think that's one of the reasons I like, I love Christian hip hop. Yeah. Yeah, because they're, primarily, they understand that their focus is on reaching That's the culture. That's and, and so yeah. their music tends to be more oriented towards speaking to people who may not already have a relationship yeah. or a strong relationship with God, as opposed to, and also counterculturally speaking truth to the church as well. Right. Like, you know, there's a song out there called, Hey, Mr. Uh, Christian. And it's just like it's calling it's it's calling the church out on its hypocrisy of right, right. saying God loves you, but when I come in with my mess, there's no there's no welcome for right. me. When I come in homeless and smelling bad, if I come in as a known gang member or pimp on the street, like there's judgment and not love, you know. And so uh, they they do those those are two of the primary driving forces behind Christian hip hop is reaching those who don't know God and speaking truth to the church. Yeah. Um, and so that's one of the things I appreciate. Whereas um, our general worship music 
you know, what you're going to hear on Square 105.3 or whatever, um, isn't isn't necessarily geared towards towards that. Yeah. And again, it's like, how many non-Christians are tuning in to Square 105.3? <laughs> right. I, I I love what you said. That Sundays, uh, the music that we sing, uh, it's not for God; it's for us. We, we're, we're. He already knows who He is. We're reminding ourselves of who He is. There's the, for our situ- for the situation yeah. that we're going. In. And even if I know someone in the in the congregation might not know, or the, uh, someone standing next to me on the worship team might have forgotten because of what's going on in their yeah. weekend. Yeah. They got to be reminded. Yes, yeah. He is. He is that. And because it's our natural, yeah. what we're you know our position towards God mm-hmm. is what we need to do to be yeah. rightly right. Yeah. And, yeah, kind of the extension of the revelation this past Sunday, God took it a step for, further of this understanding that there's only there's only one thing in all of creation that has the ability to control whether or not God sits on his throne, and that's us. Yeah. We have the ability to put him on the throne of our lives or not. Right. And so when we're singing these songs, it's actually a decorate. We're reminding ourselves. That's right. That he's exalted. We're reminding ourselves. We're, you know... Bless the Lord, oh my soul, right. and all that is within me. I'm reminding myself, like whatever whatever I may have gone through this week, whatever may have tried to exalt itself above God in my life, you know, I'm saying, you know, I'm reminding myself He's the King of Glory. I'm reminding right. myself that He's the Savior, the Defender, um, He's the Miracle Worker. Like right, yeah. these are actually these are actually yeah. we're exalting God in ourselves more than, but we don't look at it that way. We look at we're singing these right. songs to God up somewhere and somehow it. lifting Him up higher by doing that. Right. But really, the only thing we have control to lift Him up higher is in our own lives. That's right. But that should translate to a changed life. Monday through Saturday. And, and, and always there's kind of this image of lifting God up higher so the nations can kind of see him better or, you know, making him more bright or whatever. But what you said is great because it's Christ in us, the hope of glory that reminds us or centers us or anchors us on the yeah. on what's coming. And, and Revelation, right? A lot of people think that's written as an encouragement to churches going through really tough times. And Jesus is portrayed as a shining, again, shining. blazing uh, eyes. Feet like burnished bronze and mm-hmm. a, this powerful image, a victorious image. People are thinking about that because if we're living as Christ wants us to live, we're that's probably not our day-to-day lives are probably not gonna be um, super uh, cheery all the time. If right. we're, we're gonna be in the world and not of it, the world's gonna hate us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're taking, like the, if we're taking the message to the dark places, shining a light into the dark where we should be going, we need that kind of encouragement. Mm-hmm. I think when we gather together as a corporate group and are reminding each other, encouraging each other, mm-hmm. that strengthens us. And God does something there in a group, right, that he can't do just if one person is sitting in their room right. listening to worship on YouTube, uh, yeah. in the, to the same degree at least, you know, something, something yeah. special happens there. So what, yeah. uh, and, and they talk about, they talk about um, in a place in scripture, in the, I don't remember what book, it's not really my thing. Cal might know. If you guys didn't know, Cal is the most uh, educated. The most educated. (laughs) But uh, there's this passage where I think it's Paul is talking about giving, right? And he's he's speaking to the church about how uh, by their gift to believers in need somewhere else, then then, then that would turn around and create a glorification of God in that community. In Macedonia. Right? right? And so it wasn't that they sang songs, but it was was the action 
action of. And so yeah. I think the part that we forget when we're talking about glorifying God is that, again, we separate God from ourselves and yeah, there's yeah. no separation anymore. Yeah. We are the body of Christ. Yeah. So that even that scripture talks about if I be lifted up, like it, if we want Jesus to be lifted up, we as the church have to rise. Y'all are hitting it. And we and can only rise by living that lifestyle of worship and yeah. praise and glory so, to God in our everyday life. So I would... I would emphasize that it's worship cannot be separated from our actions, the things that the yeah, way right. that we live out those things. And this gets to uh, Mary and Martha, mm-hmm. which is a very, um, I mean, I, I like some of the songs that talk about um, sitting at the feet of Jesus, but the danger there is again, we get this idea of being sitting. still yeah. sitting on our butts and soaking up something from God. And it's just like, making us feel more, I don't know, at peace or enlightened or happy or secure or, or warm or comforted. Or even and, better than other people. Yeah, and that's and that's part of it. That's that's not we shouldn't exclude that entirely, but sitting at the feet was a, was an idiom that they used because um, other teachers and rabbis that's and people would preach and, or teach and you would sit down at their feet. So they would say, oh yeah, that person sits at the feet of boom. It's like, like saying, I listen to the podcast of yeah. boom, you know, on a regular basis. So yes, on that, on that instance, uh, Martha was in the uh, kitchen whooping some stuff up, right? But Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus. We get the idea in the house, maybe. Um, but also she was going out following Jesus mm-hmm. around the places he was going, being active probably in other ways. Yeah. So, so we just, I just don't want us to think that worship is only about sitting still, soaking stuff up and then, um, kind of trying to get through the week until our, like our level of God kind of gets dry, dry or runs out yeah, and we need to get filled yeah, up again. That's not absolutely And if right. I had a really tough week and, and then I'll go to bed absolutely yeah, right. I need my little extra injection. Yeah. So that is my booster shot. Yeah, that's precisely <laughs> not what's going on there. That's right. There's so, we might, we might become discouraged. We not, we might need to be encouraged, but we should be, um, the, you know, the power of God should be propelling us through the week. The Holy Spirit should be putting the words that we need and and um, guiding us and directing us. And I think if we feel like on uh, Friday or Saturday we're we're dry or something, we need to go back to church. Um, part of that, you know, we want to see our brothers and sisters. We want to fellowship. It's natural to praise God. That's a that's a good, healthy expression of our hearts, and, our, and it helps us, you know, posture ourselves. Yeah. But yeah, soaking up God juice so that we can like <laughs> make it through the week. Right. It's just not. That's not what the Bible. That's not what the scriptures really. It's not. And it, yeah, and that's not. It, that's not even what the ecclesia was for. Yeah. No. It was for instruction, training, and equipping. The Bible talks about how. Our job as pastors and leaders in the church is to train and equip the believers for the work of the ministry and work. So Sunday is preparation for Monday through Saturday. And I think the reason why we think we need to be filled up is because we've been thinking about ourselves Mm. 
all week long instead of the work of the ministry has nothing to do with us mm-hmm. has to do with yeah, other people yeah. or yeah. which means we're not equipping them to yeah. think about other people well, check this out paul says I, I'm, my life is poured out like a drink offering. yes yeah. so maybe we're not pouring it out maybe we're just letting it sit all week because we're not that's pouring right. it out for other yeah. people that's yeah. right but yeah and four day old coffee's nasty y'all. yeah <laughs> if you want to use the image of getting filled up sure flat you better And, and so there's the because when you just pour it out, what does he say? I will fill you. I will fill you. And if we're experiencing that, then we're not going to come in all dry and right. I barely made it through the desert to, to Sunday morning. Like we're going to come in with we're testimony. We're going to come in with excitement. We're going to come in having been changed by God and having seen God work yeah. in people's lives. That's right. Through whatever He called us to do that week. Mm. And I'm you guilty. can't be tired and worn out when you have that kind of impact yeah. because it's exciting. It energizes you. That's the good works that he prepared for us long ago. It's and the good works are not to show up on Sunday. Right. Like, and I'm, I'm guilty just, of not just show up yeah, yeah, on a yeah. Sunday morning. And yeah. Especially like I, I struggle with this too, because I'm like, I understand like we you know, we made a commitment, you know, to to the people. We talked about this as a staff or a church and everything, but I'm like is that all? Are we training disciples who are only willing to give God an hour and fifteen minutes of, right. their, of their Sunday? Like, is that is that discipleship? Not not necessarily because I need to or want to like preach for hours and hours and hours. But what do you see in the New Testament? You see Paul late into the night teaching in homes, or I don't even remember if it was Paul, but you know, till the, till the person falls asleep in the window, oh, yeah. and he falls out and oh. dies, like. <laughs> Are you teaching what? until people are dying? Like, that's not the all the time standard, but what it was this idea that it's not just it's not just about Sunday. And our our discipleship is is more than just receiving a little word on a Sunday morning and, and singing some songs. Especially if we don't even understand why we're singing them and we think we're declaring them to God in our spirit and not receiving yeah. any of that truth. And we're going right back out to a world where we feel defeated, overwhelmed. Um, Jayla was dancing. Oh, my no, man, why, why did you have to go there? Don't open that can of worms. We ain't talking about that. Come on, man. <laughs> well, these are things that we might get into that on get, another podcast. That, that, get Christians, that get Christians all kilter and think that they're well. That just emptied my tank. I need to go listen to some hill song. Yeah, our tank might be getting emptied by. Well, that's that's really interesting what you said. I need to go listen to some hill song, right? Yeah. That listening to worship music. We this is probably you know for another podcast, but listening to worship music is a very different thing from worshiping with your brothers and sisters in Christ yeah. in person, right? I'm not saying that it's that, that music can't be edifying or encouraging, but it's just not. If it, we're, we're a culture that consumes. We love yes. to suck in things, and uh, whether it's food or um, entertainment or information, but yeah. we don't, we're not always the best at digesting those um, calories and, and doing putting something with it. Doing, right. Yeah, putting it to yeah. use. Yeah. So what happens if we're, are we getting, you know, bloated on worship music and mm-hmm. not necessarily having it change our lives or helping us yeah. live brighter lives that glorify God more? Yeah. You know, you know I've, you, used, I've used this analogy before and, and I use it again in terms of worship because it, it applies, at least the worship culture that we have right now. And this was not coined by me, it was coined by a friend of mine. And it, I was like, it's one of those sensational statements and yet the more you think about it, you're like, 
Yeah, that's true. Like, he, he's a, it's spiritual masturbation. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a fake version of the real thing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't produce any fruit, but it makes us feel good for a moment. Yeah. Mm. Like, and, and the thought I was just having was, let's talk about worship as an addiction. Like, we, we come and we sing songs, or we put on Spirit 105.3, or go to Hillsong to get this temporary emotional feeling yeah. to yeah. get us through, but then it leaves. Yeah. Like, is Consuming that, worship music. Consuming worship music. As an addiction. Yeah, yeah. yeah, because, oh, it's been a rough week. I need my fix. I need my I mean, fix. When you think, when you actually took a second and think about how Christians talk about worship, yeah. you know, talk about Sunday mornings or talk about going to a worship night or talk about, you know, putting on their, mm-hmm. their music, it sounds very much like a person who just needs to get their next fix. Yeah. But, and that is, but if it's temporary, if it fades... You know, it's not of God. What did he tell the woman at the well? You'll never... You'll never thirst again. Yeah, yeah. You'll never hunger again. And really, rather than positioning um, Sunday as like the day that gets us through the rest of the week, um, there's a certain sense in which Sunday can be a celebration about what's happened during the week. We Absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's not yeah. just the, you know something that gets us through to the next one, but something that looks back, celebrates... Um, rejoices in the fact that we share uh, the same hope. Yeah. We're, we're part of this glory. We have a yeah. future. Like, yeah. we're looking forward yeah. to something. Yeah. And, uh, That's part of my monologue let's, on Sundays. Let's get, I, let's I, tell get, the, I tell our team that. Let's yeah. get radical and let's imagine what would it look like if we replaced those 25 minutes of music with 25 minutes of testimony. Because mm. it, it, it literally does makes testimony, the music and the message better. Does testimony not glorify God? Yeah. Right. Is, is Telling what God has done and, and how He's worked in your life that week is that not praise and worship? Right? Yeah, it is. Right. Going back to, I, I just want to hit this real quick because you said something, Cal, that made me think of um, what you guys both did. How we're filling up, and um, we have all this information, and it's just sitting there. Mm-hmm. Have you ever read about uh, read into why David says? Uh, you make me lie down in green pastures. Mm. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know about this. <laughs> Go ahead. The blasted sheep. So I was yeah. like, okay, why did he? Why did he say he makes me lie down in green pastures? So I read up about read up on shepherds. Yeah. These jokers have to make the sheep lay down after they eat because if they don't, <laughs> they'll eat so much that they kill themselves because they won't digest their food. They get really bloated and right. they just lay on their... Yeah, they there's just, some videos on YouTube. You can check it out. Oh. Sheep that are bloated and they have to, like, puncture their bellies with a yeah. knife or something. Sheep are really... So we... So think about that. David said, you don't help me, like, lay down in green pastures. You make, make me like that. <laughs> because on my own, I'm going to eat myself to death. That is... I had never made that connection before. That is really cool. We're going to eat, and that's what we're doing. We're yeah. eating ourselves to totally. death. We have more Bibles. It used to be the stat back when, when I was in high school. It was like every home has seven Bibles or something in the U.S. on average. But now we have phones and computers. Right. We have such easy access to the Bible, easier than ever before, to the Word of God. Yeah. And what do we do with it? Are we... Um, healthier because of that? Are we more Christ-like because of it, or are we getting bloated? And even back then, how many of them seven Bibles were getting open on Right, exactly, exactly. Man, we, it, it's, and don't, I love the big three, Hillsong, Bethel, and, and Elevation, uh, 
But we have, we're playing right into the hands of a lie that we need that stuff in order to to make it. And, mm. and yeah. Paul, Paul said to crave, crave Jesus, crave the word. Yeah, see, see he first the kingdom of God. Right. I preached on this recently. The kingdom of God manifests wherever there's obedience to yes. God as king. Mm. That's where the kingdom is. We think of it as like, oh, like the yeah. kingdom is where like uh, the church walls are. Yeah. Yes. Or where or where there's like Christians yeah. and stuff. I'm like, no, that's that's the body of Christ. That's uh, that's the ecclesia. The kingdom of God is manifest where there's obedience to God as where king. That's Jesus said king, that. That's Jesus where, told the disciples yeah, that. That's where a kingdom manifests itself, right? Yeah. And so, like, to build a kingdom, to, to worship the king, to be those people who live that, we have to be living in obedience to God. Come on. We have to be doing the things that he commands us to do yeah. uh, in general, in scripture, and the individual things that he, he prompts us to do through his Holy Spirit yeah. day in and day out. Jesus With, said that the world will know that your mind how, by the way you love each other, yeah. but God will know that you're His yeah. by how you obey Him. So, so the That's other the other way you can, the other way you can say that verse: seek first the kingdom of God is seek first to be fully obedient to the king. Right. Yeah. And 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 so to again, the king. we misidentify what the kingdom of God is. A feeling It's when the Holy Spirit shows up. It's when we shake and quake and have you know. And this is I don't know if you've ever experienced any of this stuff, but this yeah. is some of the church I came from. You know that. The, oh, it was a great service, and God showed up because everybody broke out in uncontrollable laughter. Or I have a question after that. Or and, and, uh, you know, oh, that was a good service. It made you know, I, feel, I I went away like feeling really good. And one of the things in the midst of that kind of revelation, you know, that I was challenging our church was like our our worship and our faith can't be based on how we feel. Right? Feelings are fleeting. And the Bible tells us we're going to suffer things. We can't go by our feelings. Our feelings are up and down, and so then our obedience to God is up and down, our faith is up and down, our glory and praise is up and down, our testimony is up and down, right? Our, our mood is up and down. It has to be based on something more solid than that. I have a question, and I love what you just said. Uh, based on worship, and we, have, we all agree that worship is not um, uh, quintessentially about singing. Right. We, we have that agreement. With that said, does the anointing fall? Mm-hmm. Does the anointing still fall? Because I don't know if you've heard it, people, if you've heard this, people say, oh man, the anointing fell mm-hmm. today. Or well, the anointing was heavy today. Does the anointing, as it pertains to, pertains to our gatherings, does it still fall? But, I mean, I guess I don't understand exactly. I mean, we have to kind of frame that question. It's kind of like the discussion we had a couple of weeks ago or last week, you know, does God still do miracles? Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't mean everything that's claimed to be a miracle is or that he does it all the time. So, so like, as in, in the turn of his, his presence and his anointing falling. And again, that's <laughs> that's not even a New Testament thing. That, that just, people primarily pulled that from one passage from one passage in the Old yeah. Testament where the presence of God fell so heavily that yeah. I couldn't minister anymore. Yeah. Right, and so that's become this pursuit. Like we've only yeah. successfully had a church service if His glory comes down like a cloud, and we can no longer minister. Right, and it's just like <laughs> I think what people turn the anointing is often just a feeling. So, 
the way I would maybe approach that is kind of a yes and no, because if we remember that we're a priesthood of believers, all of us have who believe in God have yeah. the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. Right. But it's kind of, yeah, you're in, so, so in Psalm 2, it talks about the, um, the, the, the king being um, anointed. Yeah. Um, this is like the uh, important for understanding the, yeah, the kingship of Jesus. But anointing was for a purpose. So you anointed the king so they could do the job. So Thank we're you. all anointed. Oh my gosh. If we're priests, of, of God, priesthood yeah. of believers. We're anointed to do something, but it's it's going to be work. So yeah, you're anointed, but you better do you better do work. It's not like a fun, yeah. uh, enjoyable. And we're all priests. We're, we're yeah. all priests. in the midst of this yeah. culture, and we've talked about it before. We talked about it with your brother. This 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 celebrity culture, yeah, yeah. and and the idolatry that is nothing to the church in the way that we elevate individuals right. as being, it's like we're all priests, so we're all conductors of the temple, we're all conductors of Woo. the praise and the worship, we're all connected to God, right, and it's like, it shouldn't be about like, oh, this man of God, or that worship, you know, ministry, or whatever, mm-hmm. like, oh, that person, like, they just really, every time they sing, like, the presence of God falls, right. like, now we're going to worship, how is the presence of God here. falling in your life? Yeah, because they are not the priest, there's no high priest anymore, we are all yeah. a part of the priesthood. And going back to the glory, the presence of God fell um, unlike any other time in the incarnation of yeah. God. It was not a common thing and, to be uh, desired or yeah. sought every single time. Yeah, and now and now the presence of God is his, his people. We are the um, conductors or the carriers. Carriers. We are uh, you know, followers. Uh-huh. Of Jesus. We're ambassadors. Mm-hmm. So we are his salt and his light, yeah. the presence of God in the world with by the Holy Spirit within us. So, yeah, yeah the presence of God in, in once, you know, in history, Jesus changed everything. It fell kind of from out there to Jesus, a person, yeah. changed everything. And um, the yeah, presence of God, wherever we, I think I love what you were saying, when we're obeying the king, when our hearts, some people say when our hearts are aligned, yeah. when, when distractions are put aside, you know, when we really um, are able to focus on God, that's when, uh, that's when God is able to work. We just have to let him give oh, him space. Yeah. John Bevere, in his book, Good, Good, Good or God, mm. said, um, that worship is not about who we sing to; it's about who we obey. Mm, and yeah. um, good. And, and we, we, and and, and, I, and I preached or taught this um, at uh, the youth. We're we're doing a worship series, and uh, I was invited to come speak at, at our church to to the youth about it. And one of the things that I came across when I was studying, I was like, oh my gosh. This is one of the reasons why I have found it so much easier to sing to God because the stuff that he wants me to do is so much harder mm-hmm. than singing to him. It's easy to sing to him. Yeah. Like, so much harder. Right, <laughs> right. I'll do that. But my wife wants me to do X, Y, and Z, but I want to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I just want my, I just want to do my own thing. I don't care. Yeah, what yeah, you, yeah. I don't care what they the cops want me to, to drive at the at this at a certain speed? No, I don't want to do that. Let's make me feel good, mm-hmm. or what whatever it is. Um, I, I I think that because we bear the light, we bear we not only just bear His mark, we bear His image. We are His image and likeness. 
He lives in us. There's, uh, we're ambassadors. We can't operate mm -hmm. in the same way that someone from this country, so to speak, operates. Yeah. And we need the Holy Spirit yeah. for that, but it's easier to sing oh, yeah. than to do that. And I don't want to set up any false dichotomies because mm -hmm. it's really easy for us to jump back. Even in my own life, I've done this. Oh, it's not this thing, so it must be this thing. Right, 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 right. I mean, worship, worshiping God, one of my favorite verses says, delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. David. And the idea behind, for, at least for me, what I've always kind of held on to there is that um, God wants to give me good things that bless me. Yeah. But first I have, God has to shape me and I need to be desiring the, God and the things that he wants. Be satisfied with that. He's not going to give me the things that I want apart yeah. from him because those yeah. are not good, healthy things. Yeah. So worship should be good, should be enjoyable, should be refreshing, it should be encouraging. And the things that we're doing throughout the week as well are also worship and that should be together, yeah. linked together, it shouldn't be separate, it's all, it's, it's all worship, yeah. and, um, and the work we do for God, the ministering we do, is hard, it is yeah. challenging, it's not always fun, mm -hmm. but it's, but we don't want to, you know, say one is, this is always good, and this is always bad, yeah. and always tough, because yeah. our whole life should be, you know, whether you eat, drink, sleep, do everything, do it unto the Lord, yeah, yeah. And, oh and, and, and those, I think it circles back up, and we'll end with this thought, but, Worshiping God in spirit and in truth. Part of that means that when we are singing those songs, that we believe them and that we're living yeah. by them. Otherwise, we're, we're, we're worshiping in, we might be worshiping in spirit, but we're worshiping in culture. Yeah. You haven't lived it before you sing yeah. it? The, 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 the failure of the church in this worship culture is that our Sundays, there's no integrity between our Sundays and our lifestyle Monday through Saturday. And so we, we think a certain way, we act a certain way, we sing these songs that declare things about God, but because we're not actually declaring them to ourselves, mm -hmm. because we're not living that out, mm -hmm. because we're not showing, shining to the world that God that we sing about, because mm -hmm. we're not living in obedience, yeah. the world's like, you guys are fake. And they're not wrong. Yeah, they're not wrong. <laughs> and that's why, you know, I, I, I challenge, you know, that's why there were some articles, I don't know if you saw them, where people were like, stop singing oceans. Because if you, no, don't, for if real. you don't mean what the words say right. about going deeper mm -hmm. in the Lord to the point where you no longer have footing. I don't think we actually trust is. God. We right? And stop singing the song because you're not worshiping the mm -hmm. spirit and truth. You're just singing a song. And, and we do that. That's I, I have a personal conviction. Like when songs talk about falling down or bowing down, like I should be doing that. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm just saying stuff. Yeah. And I'm not actually living it. It's not truth to me. And that's where the spirit and truth falls apart. And that's yes. where I think worship is falling apart in the church. Is that we do it on Sunday, but it's not affecting the rest mm -hmm. of our life. We're not living at the same level. And that's what integrity. Mm -hmm. And if we get in the habit of saying things that we don't do. It forms really bad habits. But that's it. That's the spirit and truth. That's to be real. Mm. If you're not, if you're, if you're singing oceans, but you don't want me to take you deeper, then stop. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking would, for people that are, are willing to go when I say go. Mm. I would say, I would even say, like, if you had to choose between one or the other, worship God in your lifestyle, Monday yeah. through Saturday, and Absolutely. stop singing songs. 
Obviously, the that's the tag. That's the tag line for the you for the NWC you podcast. Yeah, you can have them together, absolutely. But if you're gonna choose between the one, stop singing songs and start living yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. then you can come sing songs. But what we have right now is we have a lot of people who are singing it and not living it. Yeah, and that's first of all, it's not even. You think God cares about the fact that you sang those words to Him when He knows you're not living it? You don't believe it? You're not submitted to Him? That you're tarnishing His name? There, there's the a verse. There's lifestyle. a verse about that. I think there's a verse. Your worship just sounds like clanging. Yeah, it's horrible. I don't yeah. like it. Amos, uh, was it Amos that when the prophet he told the children of Israel, um, he prophesied to them that I don't, I don't like your meetings, yeah. I don't like your prayers, I don't like your songs because after you do them, yeah. you go and you treat people yeah. unjustly. Yeah. And he says, I want a, a flood, a river of justice. Yes. Yeah, I can't remember. Several of those minor prophets have a similar theme. Yeah. God's not pleased with our worship. I think yeah, yeah. Micah six eight, mm-hmm. right in that passage. <laughs> so just what's what is what what is God requiring of men to yeah. walk humbly and to treat others justly? Yeah. yeah, rather than bringing all these mm-hmm. tubs of olive oil and mm-hmm. which were part of their temple worship, right? The rituals mm-hmm. that they did every day in day out, and they forgot the purpose of those things. Right. So right. Present your life. Yeah. As a living sacrifice, this is your reasonable act of worship. Yeah. Your life, not your Sunday morning, not your voice, not your musical talent, not your song, your life. Mm-hmm. And that's 24 7, 365. But we, it has we to can, be congruent. We can talk about, uh, I think we, we can talk about it till the cows come home. Probably. <laughs> but, because um, this is so, this is, it's, it's so. It's not going to just be one podcast because we have to change our complete thinking about about it. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. It's it's not just one. We have to. Uh, our minds, our 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 culture has gotten here after decades and decades yes. of habits and and teaching and practices. Yeah. And so to to flip the script is going to take a consistent, deliberate, intentional reshaping and, and challenging of the system. It's Isn't it just as it. long? If it takes 10 years to to create something and you're trying to uh, tear that down and rebuild it, as far as mindsets are concerned, isn't it double the time? I know. I thought I, I heard a statistic. I always say the thing about habits. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot longer to uh, start a good habit than it does to break it. Yeah, or break a bad habit yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. that. But anyway, yeah. Something, yeah. something like that. You can start a bad habit in a week, but you need at least 30 days. To That's what it is. That yeah. sounds right. Along the same line of like, if you speak, you know, you have to speak, what is it, 13 positive things to overwrite one negative thing? One negative thing, yeah. Did you say, say into someone's life? or we didn't, we didn't properly introduce Cal, but he is a writer extraordinary. He gets paid to write. He gets paid to do research. Uh, and you work. You're still working for uh, a company overseas. Yeah, yeah, but part time. My side hustle. Mm-hmm. He's a writer. He's he's a thinker. He's a researcher. Um, and I'm sure you gleaned a little bit of, of that while, while he was speaking, um, which is why we had him on, because uh, he's a super smart guy. Uh, are, is any of your any of your uh, research paper are any of your research papers published? Any yeah, you can, you can find it all on Google if you just search my name or my academia page. <laughs> Callum yeah. Samuelson. Google him, as they say. Well, this has been really, this has been really good. Thanks so yeah. much for having me, guys. Yeah, man. Thank you for coming last yeah. minute. I, I should have asked you no, a long time ago. I managed to uh, make it happen. That's awesome. 
But we are signing off today. I'm not just black and this is white. I'm black and this is white and this is white. So. <laughs> Serious all the time, and and if they have questions about what we talk about, where where can they go? Um, Faithsharepodcast at gmail.com If you have topics you want to cover, questions, things you didn't understand from any of the podcasts, uh, email us there. We'd love to to get into it more. Again, these podcasts are really about starting journeys. Yeah. We're even showing you a path that's available to you that you didn't know was there. Um, there's a whole lot more beyond just this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just like there always is in discipleship. So yeah. um, we don't want to just uh, kick it off and then leave y'all hanging. Right. <laughs> so y'all have a great weekend. We are signing off. Peace. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Join us next time. Yes, please join us next time as Jesse and I continue to ask questions that arise at the intersection of faith and culture. Until then, we'll see you next time on The The Faith Faith Chair.